Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Welcome to the Cup for Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. This is the podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice as we look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Today we conclude our look at the AWA by looking at Super Clash 4. Super Clash 4 took place on April the 8th, 1990 from the St. Paul Civic Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. There were 2,000 people. In attendance. This is a hidden gem on the WWE Network. It is a one camera setup with no traditional commentary. The national anthem plays. An announcement is then made that there is no smoking in the auditorium. People are upset, but the announcer is like, hey, don't be mad at me. I'm just announcing this. They then announce that the junkyard dog tore a ligament night before in his knee. They announced Baron Von Raschke as his replacement to a nice pop. Jake Milliman versus Todd Becker. Becker with the early advantage. Crowd cheers a Milliman comeback. He works Becker's arm. He gets the monkey flip, then an arm bar. Becker comes back with a slam and a headlock. He gets a two count. Milliman wins with a sunset flip. The Texas Hangman versus DJ Peterson and Brad Rangins. Too much stalling by the Texas Hangmen before they even lock up. The Hangmen are Frank Vesey, better known by the renamed Bullpain, Rick Gantner and Psycho, and Tom Benninghouse, better known as Killer. Rangan start. They finally lock up. Rangan's choking Psycho in the corner. Psycho comes back with a cheap shot. Back and forth. Rangan's with a hip toss and an arm drag. Killer tagged in. Then Peterson also tagged in. He works an arm hold. The faces do a couple of phantom tag spots. Rangins with an arm bar. Hangman cheat to gain an advantage. Fans making noises, but that dies down. Rangins ducks as Psycho comes off the top rope, and he clotheslines Killer. Peterson tagged in, and he cleans house. He gets a two count on a power slam. Double clothesline. Really annoying fans near the camera mic. The hangmen get the win with an inside cradle. Baron Von Rasky versus Colonel De Beers. The Baron with an early advantage, so De Beers bails out. They exchange wrist locks. Von Rasky gets an armbar. De Beers comes back with a headlock. Von Rasky threatens the claw, so De Beers falls out of the ring to avoid it. Both are past their primes, but could get away with it in this crowd. She got non Al KC has come down for De Beers. De Beers goes up top, but gets caught by Von Rasky and slammed off. De Beers comes back and batters Von Rasky in the far corner. De Beers goes off the top rope with a headbutt, but Von Rasky moves. Von Rasky comes back, hits a knee off of an Irish whip. The fans yell for the claw. De Beers tangled up in the ropes. Von Rasky signals for the claw. Al KC blocks it with his briefcase, so Von Rasky goes after him. He gets the claw on LKC, but De Beers attacks him from behind. 
They fight outside, but Von Rasky makes it back in before the count and wins by countout. The Beards and Al Casey attack him after the match. Tommy Jammer versus Tully Blanchard with Christopher Love. This is where Blanchard lands after he gets fired from the WWF and can't go to WCW because the offer that he had received is rescinded from WCW after it is leaked that Blanchard has failed a drug test in the WWF. Christopher Love is longtime wrestling guy Burt Prentice, who made a name for himself in Memphis and Nashville. It takes time to start after they both get in. Starts and stops with some clean breaks and stalling by Blanchard. He goes out and Jammer drags him back in over the top rope. Blanchard keeps getting to the ropes and stalling. Jammer is clumsy, but Blanchard is trying to make him look good. Jammer with an armbar. Blanchard again gets to the ropes. Jammer pulls him back and Love grabs his legs. And it's a tug of war between Love and Jammer with Blanchard as the rope. Then it's the rest hold by Jammer. Blanchard gets to the rope games over and over again. They announce five minutes have gone by in the match and it feels like 15. More of the same. Jammer with a hip toss into an armbar. A minor Go Tully Go chant goes up and Blanchard gets a thumb to Jammer's eye. He throws Jammer out. Jammer gets back in and goes back to the armbar. Blanchard with several penitents. Jammer with his own thumb to Blanchard's eye and Blanchard rolls out. Back in, Blanchard throws Jammer out and Love kicks him. Back in, Jammer gets a knee up at a Blanchard charge. Jammer with an abdominal stretch. Blanchard outside on the apron and Jammer suplexes him in and they do the warrior Rick Root spot from WrestleMania 5 with Love playing the Bobby Heenan role of grabbing Jammer's leg so he can't kick out except it isn't as good as the WrestleMania 5 spot. Blanchard gets the win. Jammer goes after Love and Blanchard attacks him. They brawl into the crowd and Blanchard attacks Jammer with a chair. Intermission. Coquina Maximus with Sheik Adnan LKC versus John North. Lumberjack match. Adnan has a bounty on North that Coquina is trying to collect. Coquina is the future Yokozuna here, taking on the future Berserker. This takes forever to get started. Shoving to start. Tests of strength. Coquina knocked outside, and the Lumberjacks gently help him back in. Lumberjacks are most of the wrestlers that we have seen already. Nord is trying to knock Coquina off his feet. He finally does it. Coquina knocked out again and put back in. Coquina with a nerve hold on. He has it on for several minutes. Nord coming back. Nord goes out, and there's a scuffle trying to get him back in. Coquina goes back on the offensive. The crowd and some of the lumberjacks try to rally Nord. Coquina misses a corner charge. Nord hits a big boot. Adnan grabs Nord's leg and the lumberjacks throw him in. Nord gets Adnan in the corner and Coquina goes to the corner charge and hits Adnan. Nord opens up Adnan's briefcase and hits Coquina with it. Paper flies everywhere, proving that Adnan didn't have the money in the case to pay Coquina the bounty. Nord pins Coquina. Coquina and Adnan start arguing, and Coquina punches Adnan to a big pop. He then splashes Adnan. A Coquina chant goes out. AWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Mr. Saito versus Larry Zabiska. Some dignitaries, including Vern Gagne, are introduced, and they call Vern wrestling's greatest legend. And how people would love to see him come out of retirement one more time. He does get a nice ovation. Nick Bockwinkle is announced as a special guest referee. They start out slow. Saito on the offensive. Zabisco is frustrated. 
but doesn't take Saito down. Rope break. Zabisco with an armbar. They slug it out and Zabisco goes down. Saito choking Zabisco and Bachwinkle breaks it up. And Bachwinkle then threatens Saito when Saito comes after him. Saito gets a sleeper on. Zabisco gets to his feet. He gets out of it, but Saito gets it back on. He gets out again and kicks Saito down. Zabisco then choking Saito, and he and Bachwinkle start going at it. Zabisco with an abdominal stretch, back and forth. Zabisco running Saito's head into the corner. Saito chopping Zabisco, who falls out. Saito runs Zabisco into the corner. Zabisco with a sunset flip for a two count. Saito misses the charge. Saito gets the scorpion deathlock on Zabisco. Zabisco gets to the ropes. Saito going after Zabisco hard. Saito with an inside cradle for a two count. A big suplex gets two. They both get knocked down. Back up, Saito gets another suplex and a double pin with both men's shoulder are on the mat. But Zabisco gets his shoulder up at the last second. Saito thinks he has won and is announced as the winner. But Bachwinkle raises Zabisco's hand. Saito argues with Bachwinkle. The crowd is bewildered too. A Larry chant goes out. Zabisco is awarded the belt. Saito then attacks him. Kathy Ganya explains the ruling to a smattering of boos and applause. Intermission while they set up the cage. Cage match. The Destruction Crew Wayne Bloom and Mike Enos with Tully Blanchard versus Paul Diamond and the Trooper. Bob Lurtsema is the special guest referee. They finally get in. All four brawl. Faces in control. They run Enos into the cage. He's bumping and bleeding for the business. Faces doing quick tags. Can't get the three count though. Bloom tagged in and makes a small comeback. Tries to climb out of the top of the cage. The trooper brings him back in. Trooper misses a top rope elbow drop. The heels take over. Gets the two count. Blanchard holds a chair against the cage and they run the trooper into it. The heels are double teaming. The trooper runs into the cage. He's now bleeding. More double teaming. The destruction crew throw Lurtsema towards the door to a mild pop. They do the doomsday device on the trooper. Lurtsema throws Bloom aside and does a leg drop on Enos and puts the trooper on him and counts the pin. The destruction crew and Blanchard then attack Lurtsema in the cage and Blanchard locks them in. The faces try to get in and Blanchard keeps them away. They finally get in and the heels retreat. Outtakes and highlights of Eric Bischoff's interviews with the participants. Mr. Saito and his manager, Hitori, said they are disappointed in Nick Bockwinkle and America. Colonel De Beers talks about the bounty on John Nord and the suitcase of shredded paper. De Beers says Sheik Adnan LKC isn't taking advantage of anyone and that the thieving Americans took the money. Outtakes of Colonel De Beers cutting a promo. Bischoff is then shown with Nick Bachwinkle, who explains his decision. Bachwinkle is just the greatest here. Bischoff with Larry Zabisco, and Larry is gloating over his win. Bachwinkle has the Holy Grail, and Larry is the champion. Bischoff is then shown with the destruction crew. They say they are still the champions. Lursima saved the faces, and he better stop hiding. Tully Blanchard comes in and talks about Lursima interfering. Then Blanchard and Christopher Love talk about Lursima. Bischoff then talks to Lurtsema. He says he was right to get involved. Then outtakes and highlights of Eric Bischoff talking to the trooper about the cage match.
For the fate of the AWA, let's turn to Wikipedia. Despite falling behind the WWF and the NWA as a major promotion throughout 1986 and 1987, Gagne still managed to find and or develop legitimate young talent like Scott Hall, the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, Bull Power Leon White, later known as Big Van Vader, the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Cherry Sags, and Medusa Michelli during that time frame. The Superclass 2 Championship Debate After further review by on-air president Stanley Blackburn and following weeks of speculation by AWA fans, the decision was upheld and Hennig was the new champion. Ganya pushed Hennig and the Midnight Rockers throughout 1987 and into 1988, but the WWF came calling and all three of his top stars would soon be gone. During 1987, in an attempt to remain relevant and survive, Ganya renewed a relationship with Memphis-based promoter Jerry Jarrett and the CWA and even allowed Mid-Southern Territory legend Jerry the King Lawler to win the AWA world title from Kurt Hennig in May of 1988. This was after the AWA flirted for months with the idea of giving Greg Ganya the belt, even awarding the belt to Ganya at a couple of house shows, only, only to return it to Hennig on a technicality. It was widely speculated that the idea of the younger Ganya as heavyweight champion did not play well with AWA fans who seemed more interested in the involvement of Vern Gagne and Larry Hennig in the view than they did with Greg Gagne actually winning the title. So Vern decided to go with Lawler instead. Michaels and Gennetti would drop the titles to Bad Company around the same time. Facing financial trouble on their own, world-class championship wrestling then uh, allied themselves with the AWA and the CWA and Jerry Lawler would challenge world-class championship wrestling heavyweight champion Kerry Von Erich to a title unification match at Superclass 3 in December. Superclass 3 was the AWA's first venture into pay-per-view and wrestling's first collaborative pay-per-view between several promotions. However, after months of hype, the end results were somewhat contentious and relatively unsuccessful. Following the event, the collaborative effort was over and Lawler was stripped of the title in January 1989. Lawler kept the AWA title belt and continued promoting himself in Tennessee, Texas, and on the independent circuit as the unified world heavyweight champion. Lawler did this in an attempt to leverage pay-per-view revenue from Ganya that was owed to him, but Ganya never paid him and eventually commissioned a new title belt of similar design. In February 1989, Larry Zabisco, a one-time employee and Vern's son-in-law, returned to the AWA and won the vacated world title in an 18-man battle royal, eliminating Tom Zink to end the match. It was also during this time that Joe Blanchard replaced Stanley Blackburn as AWA president. Zabisco's first title reign would last for a little over one year. During this time, he would defend the title against Zink Greg Gagne, Wahoo McDaniel, Ken Patera, Nikita Koloff, Brad Rangins, The Trooper, Dale Wilkes, and Masa Saito. Zabisco would eventually lose the title to Saito in February 1990 in front of 65,000 fans at the Tokyo Dome at the New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show. Zabisco would regain the title in May 1990 at Super Clash 4. During 1989 and 1990, the AWA also pushed Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom as the top tag team. 
In early 1989, Eric Bischoff, who was performing office work for the AWA at the time, mostly in sales and syndication, was placed in front of the camera to replace Larry Nelson as interviewer and occasional commentator. The AWA was Bischoff's first exposure to the world of pro wrestling. He would later become a dominant force in the industry, leading world championship wrestling to prominence in the 1990s. The AWA would become inactive in the fall of 1990. The last television taping occurred on August the 11th. As a result, Zabisco signed with WCW. As his last official act, Vern Gagne stripped the already departed Zabisco of the AWA world title in December 1990. In 1991, Gagne and his inactive promotion officially filed for bankruptcy. Gagne did promote two cards in Minnesota in May 1991, featuring the return of Greg Gagne and Wahoo McDaniel, uh, and other stars such as Baron Von Rasky, Buck Zumhoff, and the Destruction Crew, Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. But he was unable to revive the promotion. Despite this, the AWA continued rerunning matches in their weekly ESPN time slot and on their syndicated all-star wrestling show. The company also managed to release a commercial tape, Hulk Hogan's Highlights, during 1991. On the spectacular legacy of the AWA DVD, Eric Bischoff revealed that one of the main reasons the AWA shut down was that Vern Gagne was leveraging money against a valuable property he owned along Lake Minnetonka. Local officials wanted to turn the property into a park. Gagne fought the decision for several years, but eventually lost the eminent domain case leading to the creation of Lake Minnetonka Regional Park. As a result, he lost the financial resources he was using to keep the AWA up and running and had no choice but to shut down the promotion. In an interview during the late 1990s with Minneapolis television station KARE, Gagne spoke of the devoted fan base in Minnesota and joked about how he may promote again someday, but nothing ever materialized. Ganya died in 2015. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. Folks, stay safe, stay healthy, and remain optimistic. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately, Maine, Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 